What's up, everyone? It's the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and we're taking a first look at DraftKings. We're looking at the salaries. We're looking at the games, the matchups, everything across the board. And we'll we'll talk some strategy, get a little early thoughts on this week's slate. Of course, we're coming off of uh, what was a pretty wild weekend of football action. You know, a big thing that changed it up for us in DFS was the delay of that Buffalo game. Kind of changed a lot of dynamic, too, because going into the weekend, we kind of thought the Buffalo game was going to be played in horrific conditions. But instead, they move the game and it ends up being perfectly fine football weather. We get a big game out of Josh Allen in that one. A couple of unexpected things happened last week. Not too many, just a couple. There were really only um, two massive uh, upsets, I would say. One was Dallas, of course, losing at home to the Packers. And sorry, Dallas fans, man, that that's brutal. That's brutal. That's got to sting. Stings a little bit. People need to be fired for that. And to be honest, that one shocked me as well. Um, luckily for that game, uh, you know, I was very heavy on Dak, and that worked out just fine. So I full faded Jordan Love and. No, no problem there, right? Um, the shocker in that one was, of course, Romeo Dubs going crazy, where Jaden Reed did nothing, and you know that burned uh, quite a few lineups of mine as I had faded Romeo Dubs. Whoops, right? Um, the other big surprise was Houston uh, pulling out the win at home against Cleveland, and you know some things were pointing in the direction of Houston getting that upset, uh, especially late with some line movement uh, that was happening where everybody was kind of on Cleveland, but the line movement was moving towards Houston. And, you know, all I can say coming out of that is, you know, the the real teams, the cream rises to the crop in the playoffs. And, and that's going to continue to be the theme of this breakdown. The cream rises to the top. That's how the NFL playoffs always goes. And, you know, C.J. Stroud at this point is a cream. Um, we're going to look at some of those situations. I think there's overreactions and underreactions to a lot of what happened. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And I want to throw some congratulations out to some uh, nice DFS Army big winners from this weekend. The biggest one is, of course, Sox Fever 51, second place in the power sweep for 20K. Almost got there. Congrats to my man, Sox Fever 51. On this one, uh, we're coming for you, Saber Sim. Sim Boost coming for the Saber Sim. We'll see. Um, some more big wins here. B Dubs, our own B Dubs, who does breakdowns for and uh, for NBA for us, taking one down in NFL. 3K winner, first place right there. Uh, Triple H, suck it, suck it. Triple H. Taking down first place, a lot of handcrafted uh, winners here, so uh, very exciting to see that. And a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, uh, of course, J Real regular in my channel in Discord, three K winner, another handcrafted smash right there. I believe that one, yeah, that one was a three dollar entry, so pretty impressive. Nice little weekend of winning for the DFS Army uh, subscribers. Good work uh, right here being done by the Domination Station Optimizer. As well, rocking the um, rocking the sim boost right there. And for those of you guys who are subscribers to DFS Army, we're going to be doing a full back test. What happened last week's stream um, on Tuesday evening? So if you're and you could watch that anytime. So part of being D, uh, part of being a part of DFS Army means uh, you know we back test, we look, we see, we study, we learn, we try to get better. This is a craft where our opponents are constantly improving, and it's really really important that we're doing the same. So. Uh, check that out 
if you're a DFS Army subscriber, uh, we're just going to be looking back, doing some back testing, what went right, what went wrong in the wildcard weekend. And by the way, what's with people calling it super wildcard? Is there anything lamer than that? I'm sorry. I refuse. It's lame. We'll not call it super wildcard. Please. Anyway, let's take a look at NF uh, or, or the divisional round matchups here and get a little sense of what to look for. And then we'll break it all down. So looking at the four game uh, uh, setup for this uh, Saturday and Sunday, it starts out with the Texans now heading out to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens are heavily favored at home in this one. And, you know, listen, can Houston keep up this thing they're doing by, you know, both of the Saturday games have the same theme, which is the number one seed going up against effectively the lowest seed that advanced. Can Houston keep up this thing that they've been doing where they're performing against elite defenses, putting up numbers, making teams look stupid like they did to the Browns last week? Can they do that against Baltimore? We'll find out, but the odds makers don't think so as Baltimore is inst are installed as heavy favorites in that one. Similar situation with the Packers at the 49ers. 49ers with a monster 29 and three-quarter point team total. I love that offense, and I definitely am looking to get pieces from that offense in all of these lineups. Um, also, I'm going to say kudos to DraftKings for kind of setting up the main slate as the four game. Although I do hope that we get really good contests for the two game type slates as well, the Saturday and the Sunday only. You know, some, some nice contests for that. Those are fun uh, contests to attack as well. But I like that they're pushing this big four gamer. And of course, all the pieces from San Francisco are going to be super live here. And and the Packers, again, can they keep it up? I, I don't know. You know, Jordan Love is ascending right now. So we'll see how high that ascension can go. Um, I have some takes on some of those wide receivers we'll talk about as we break down the position groups. Uh, one of the uh, so one of the higher total closer games, the, the, the Sunday games look a little bit better. A little higher likelihood of being competitive. So the first game on Sunday, we've got the Bucks at the Lions. The Lions are at home again in the dome. Love the weather conditions in the dome. The lines are set for 27 and a half uh, points on the team total with the Bucs coming in at 21. The Bucs look great against the Eagles, but the Eagles are terrible. The Eagles are a team that is a mess. I don't know what the hell's going on over there. I think they're going to run into some trouble here with the Lions. Um, the Lions looked great. They have so many weapons on offense. The return of Laporta, he came back. He was fine. So you got Laporta over there. Jameer Gibbs having a nice weekend last weekend. And of course, Amin Ra, Justin, Josh Reynolds, you got a lot of uh, Jamison Williams, a lot of pieces from the Lions side that I like a lot there. And on the on the Buck side, yeah, also, um, as much as I didn't like Baker Mayfield at all last week or all season, really, I rarely played him, but he put up a, a monster score last week. They have some, uh, you know, Trey Palmer going to get us a cheap wide receiver in a game like that. Rashad White will be a popular play as well. So definitely pieces from that game of interest. And finally, man, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this one, you know, my first, my first feeling is this is the game of the week. KC at the bills, 46 point total potential for this one to go a lot of ways, but I'm going to give it the old game of the week.
That's right. That's the one. Um, you know, Josh Allen at home. Josh Allen continues to put up monster scores, uh, fantasy production, even without almost any help from Stefan Diggs. And I think at this point we have to really accept that Stefan Diggs is is a very volatile option that's wildly overpriced for his um, expected range of production on that side of it. On the Chiefs side, we got a little bit of life out of uh, out of Travis Kelsey in the wild card weekend. We'll see if that can uh, keep going here. But I think both of these quarterbacks and both of these teams are championship level and are going to step up more than usual. Like these are teams that will get better in the playoffs and have looked better in the playoffs. So I'm going to give both the chiefs and the Bills sort of a little bit more respect than I think what they got in the regular season. I like the over in this um, game total. And I think this is going to be a super competitive game. So I'm excited about that one as well. And let's jump over to DraftKings and, and break this thing down. I found some interesting angles. More so at the wide receiver and and running back positions that I, I want to talk about as we try to understand and really just grasp lineup construction for this weekend slate, especially for this four gamer. And I'm gonna I'll point out what I mean here as we go through it. But let's start at the QB position. And you know, this is the divisional round. Every quarterback who is still alive at this point is pretty good. Every offense that is available here is decent. So there's no obvious like, no, I can't play them type of teams in here or players in here. There's no Steelers on the slate anymore. So, again, it starts with Josh Allen at home against KC. If you it just Josh Allen just keeps putting up big numbers every week. Thirty three points last week. That's what's to be expected. Twenty nine the week before. The thirty three against Pittsburgh wasn't even needed. That was an easy win. For the uh, Bills, uh, Allen out there scrambling around, um, 74 rushing yards, eight rushing attempts. So I think he keeps that going here. And for 8K, yeah, great. I think Josh Allen will get us up in the 30s once again. He's he's kind of actually fun to stack at this point because when you pull Stefan Diggs out of the mix, you know, Khalil Shakir, Dalton Kincaid, you know, it's, it's cheaper guys that we're stacking him with at this point. Um, Lamar Jackson also at home volatile type of player in general. If you look at the returns from Lamar, 22, 39, 19, 35, 14, 23, 15, 12, 37, he's all over the place. He's all over the place. But uh, working in his favor, Houston is pretty good against the run. They have uh, a really solid run defense. So you would think that Baltimore will have to throw a little bit more in a game like this to keep it rolling. You know, that's working in his favor. And I also think Lamar in the playoffs, not going to have any sort of apprehension about taking off and running. So, yeah, Lamar, also good. Pat Mahomes on the road at Buffalo. I, I probably prefer Josh Allen in that game. Uh, the, I'll, I'll take the favorite over the underdog when the quarterbacks are kind of similar. But, you know, certainly alive as well. But I'm going to prefer Josh Allen in that one. Uh, CJ Stroud on the road at Baltimore. Again, not the best matchup. And I don't know that Stroud can keep this up. So. I'm probably, again, going to prefer Lamar in that game, but my goodness, C.J. Stroud has been great. But if I have to, again, if I have to choose some fades out of these four games, those two kind of stand out for me as eh, fadeable. Um, next, we've got Brock Purdy at home against Green Bay, and I love Brock Purdy here, sure. 6,500, a little bit of savings over Lamar and Josh Allen. Um, uh, enough savings to sort of make it worth considering, and I, I do like Brock Purdy here. 
then we get um then we get kind of away from the better plays into a little more sketchy and and Jared Goff is only sketchy. Why is Goff sketchy, Kev? He's indoors. He's sketchy because of the same reason he's sketchy every week. The team's running backs are so dominant around the goal line that Goff's volatility in terms of his touchdown production is all over the place. That's really the only issue. You know, if you have two elite running backs on the team and they score, especially Montgomery, they're going to give him the ball uh, around the the um, around the goal line. It just lowers the amount of touchdowns that Goff score uh, throws for most weeks. But Goff will also just spike on those weeks when the running backs don't get there, and all of a sudden he's got your three or four touchdown week, and that's when he'll he'll smash. Uh, let me find some examples. If you see here, yeah, threw for one touchdown, two, one, 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 five. Right, so they score a lot. They score a lot. There's the three touchdown game in the high twenties. So, uh, you know, Detroit does score a lot, but it, you know, unless it's, I think it's variance that one game where the line where he threw for five touchdowns more often than not, they're just going to run for one or two, and he'll throw for one or two, and they'll get their four touchdowns, but it doesn't always come off the arm of Goff. So he'll be at the lower end of my interest zone for sure this weekend. And then we get into Jordan Love at San Francisco. Can he really keep that up? I, I don't know. It seems questionable, I would say. I would say if Jordan Love is, is putting on a show against San Francisco, San Francisco is really going nuts. So if I'm playing Jordan Love, I'm definitely looking for pieces from San Francisco in that one, Christian McCaffrey and all of that. And then finally, Baker Mayfield on the road at Detroit. I think that's fine. Uh, I don't normally like to play Baker Mayfield uh, when there are all these other great quarterbacks on a slate, but I feel like at his price point with kind of not that many viable plays down here, I would say it goes Mayfield up to and Mayfield up to Purdy up to Lamar and Josh Allen for me, where I think, again, if Mahomes is doing well, I think uh, Allen's doing even better. And I think if Stroud is doing well, Lamar Jackson is probably doing even better. So it's not that I don't like those guys. I just like the other ones better. Similar to, like I said, this past weekend, last weekend, I said, if Jordan Love is doing well, Dak is doing even better, which as much as people were ripping me when the Packers were winning, Dak massively outscored Jordan Love. It wasn't even close. Um, all right. I'm going to plug in Brock Purdy. Almost more for a salary thing on this particular lineup. Just get somebody in the middle there. But I do like Purdy, so all good. All right, let's take a look at the running back position. And I, I have a strong angle and a strong take here. So right off the bat, you could see Christian McCaffrey priced all the way up. He's got, he had a week of rest, two weeks of rest, really, which is really nice for McCaffrey. He got to rest some of those bruised up, uh, you know, body parts, so to speak. And um, he's had a full two weeks. He's going to come out like a, you know, he's going to come out shot out like a cannon in this game. I love it. So one really interesting angle on the slate, and I'm going to plug in McCaffrey is, hey, I think McCaffrey and Purdy in the same lineup are just fine. That's number one. But number two, when you look at the rest of the running back position, everybody has a flaw. The only one that really is unflawed and perfect is McCaffrey. And normally we don't get to play a lot of 9K type players in a lineup. When we take a look at the wide receiver position on this four-game slate, there's really only Amon Ra priced up and, and or Debo Samuel. So it's not like a Tyree Kill or that kind of a decision, you know, a C.D. Lamb, Tyree Kill decision we have to make here. It's For me, it's Christian McCaffrey in every lineup or or in most every lineup. Like I, We'll have to see how high the ownership goes. He is priced up, but 
Probably not priced up high enough considering what he had done. Yeah, in the regular season, McCaffrey was regularly priced in, you know, in the mid 9K range. So he's down to 8,800. I think that's uh, kind of a bargain. If you think about McCaffrey's expected outcome, he's averaging 25.9 fantasy points per game. That's, you know, that's already 3X his current salary. So if he just hits his average, that's a 3X. We only need eight eight or nine more fantasy points above usual for this to be a 4X smash. And he's facing a Packers defense that you want to run the football against. There's so many reasons to like Christian McCaffrey. I don't have to tout him that hard. But the main thing I like about McCaffrey is every other running back to me has at least somewhat of a flaw. And, and I'll talk about him, right? Aaron Jones, he's going up against San Francisco. That's a tough defense. As an underdog, that's generally not how I like to play running backs. Like, could he get it done? Sure. But that's not my favorite way to play a running back. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, he is uh, not a guy who's going to get a lot of volume. He puts up a number and he, he needs to get in the end zone. But eight, uh, what do you have? 12 touches last week against the Rams. He is in a full split with Montgomery. He's not going to get a ton of volume most weeks. Really, he'll peak at 15 or 16 opportunities. So that's a flaw. Can he get it done on efficiency? Yes. But will he? I don't know. Rashad White? Also, he's fine. He gets a ton of volume. This is the opposite. He gets a ton of volume. Not a good matchup. Lines, tough defense. He'll he'll catch some passes, though the floor is high. But does he have a great ceiling? Um, even in a blowout win against the Eagles last week, only eight and a half points. Again, a couple weeks ago, I actually... I, yeah, they played the game in full against the Panthers. I believe they needed to win that game. Only 13 in a perfect matchup, 19 carries. And, and this has been the story of his season. You know, his, his, his average score is really nice because he gets a ton of volume. But for whatever reason in that offense, he doesn't really tend to hit a ceiling. And this is a particularly, you know, not the greatest of matchups. I don't hate it. I like White at 6,500. I'm just saying it's not a smash lock button. Isaiah Pacheco, same deal. I like Pacheco here. He's getting all the work for KC. So that stuff is great. Um, 24 carries, a target last week. I'll take that all day. I don't care what the end result is. So we're going to give him volume. I expect more volume here, but Buffalo's rush defense is good. But I think Pacheco stands out to me as my second favorite. We're going to plug him in here. Continuing on, I mean, James Cook, we know his flaw, right? Does not get the ball on the goal line that often. All right. Still had a great volume this past weekend and decent, acceptable 12 and a half points, 18 carries, four targets. I'll take that all day. And, you know, against uh, the Chiefs, I'll take that all day. It's fine. But it's nothing I'm going crazy for. Montgomery, pretty much like Gus Edwards and Montgomery are basically the same thing. Going to get some goal line carries. Uh, it would take a surprise, a breakaway run, something weird to get more than that. Montgomery almost never catches more than one or two uh, uh, passes in a game. It's rarely enough to get it done. And if we look at his, just his recent history with it, since he's been splitting. Yeah. I mean, he's gotten up that 17, 18, 20 points once or twice here in good matchups, but you need 24 fantasy points to be relevant at six K or in that range. It's not as intense on a four game slate as it would be on a full slate, but he barely barely can get there at this salary level. So he's just a periphery for me. 
Um, Gus Edwards basically the same as um, Montgomery, just rarely gets enough volume to put up a score big enough to justify a high 5K salary level. Um, Singletary going up against Baltimore defense, that's never good. So yes, he gets volume, and I like Singletary, but not you know not a great situation on the road as a heavy underdog. The one name I want to mention outside of the group is Justice Hill. I think he's very interesting in tournaments, primarily because he just gets a lot of targets. Like, you know, in, in the last game against Pittsburgh, 10 targets, three receptions, didn't catch a ton of them, but he was thrown to 10 times, including in designed uh, routes, meaning it, these aren't just checkdowns a lot of times to Justice Hill. It's a design play. He's running, a, he's, he's, he's moving out to the perimeter and running a, a route like a wide receiver on occasion. So he's got big play potential at 4,800. I like him as a tournament upside play, but that's about it for the sub. You know, there's really not a ton of choices. Of course, there's a smaller slate. Ty Johnson was also the guy that kind of got some work for the bills, but I mean, you know, twos and threes and it's, it's pretty gross. So he could pop off, but you know, only in a small percentage of ownership uh, interest for me in large field play. All right, jumping over to the wide receiver position. Now, I talked about Christian McCaffrey and why I think Christian McCaffrey is very much in play. And if you take a look at the wide receiver position, you really understand what I mean here. There, there. While I like all the wide receivers that are payable, everybody's good. It's a great slate. There's not one guy who's like who scares me to not own. Amon Ra, for example, I'm not afraid to not have you know, to have Christian McCaffrey over Amon Ra. I think if Amon Ra has a great game, he can get that 30. He's got that ceiling, 30-32. But more often than not, Amon Ra is more of a high floor wide receiver than he has been a high ceiling guy. He's averaging uh, 22.3 fantasy points per game. But it's important to note with Amon Ra that his returns are very level. You got the 20s and 30s, 21, 27. This is, he hangs around between 20 to 30 fantasy points most weeks. They do throw to other people. And again, the, the Lions have those running backs that take a lot of the touchdowns away. So I like Amon Ra, but you know, I'm not scared of taking McCaffrey over him. I think Debo is, if I don't have McCaffrey in my lineup, I probably want Debo in there. Um, that's kind of how I see that one going down. Continuing down, of course, Mike Evans has a nice matchup here. At Detroit in the Dome, beautiful weather. Mike Evans dropped what could have been a monster touchdown. And, you know, if he catches that pass, he goes from 48 yards, three receptions, seven targets, no touchdown, to four receptions, you know, about 100 and, let's say, 110 yards and a touchdown. And we're looking at a day, let's see, four, 110, that's a three, that's seven, and 10, and... 17, 18, uh, 25, uh, you know, he's putting up a 25 pointer. So that one drop now has the field thinking, ah, Mike Evans stinks, but you know, no difference. He just got to catch that ball this time. So, um, it's kind of been the story of the last couple of games for Evans. Nico Collins was great as well. All of these wide receivers, these elite wide receivers are pretty good. Stefan Dick's probably the least good of them, but he's getting targeted nine targets, eight targets, seven targets. It's not getting it done. It's not getting it done. 
Doesn't mean he won't get it done this week. He just hasn't been getting it done. So I like that the price on Diggs has come down. If we take a look at where he was most of the season, I mean, Diggs went all the way up to 9K. It was ridiculous. 9,100. I mean, you, you know, if you followed along with our breakdowns all throughout the season, I was saying like, I was saying things like, you know, maybe run Josh Allen out there naked. You really can't stack him with Diggs or who else, but there was no one else to stack him with really either outside of Dalton. I still think that's the case. Although in this, at this point at 7K, I, I do think the salary has come down to the point where he's much more palatable here, right? At least there's some savings between him and let's say Amon Ra, who probably has a, a higher floor. Um, Ayuk is good. If we're playing Purdy, we got we probably have to play one of Ayuk or Debo. As far as picking between these two, it's really it's really difficult to differentiate. I'm gonna lean Samuel. He's averaging a little bit. Actually, it's funny. Um, Ayuk is actually averaging a little bit more fantasy points per game. The 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 savings, but I think it's really close with those two. And I also think it's fine to not play any of these guys and even just Christian McCaffrey is an acceptable stack, or we might change up that quarterback. We'll see. Maybe even George Kittle. Rasheed Rice continues to impress as well. 12 targets last week. The chiefs are realizing that he's about it for them in terms of wide receivers that can actually catch a pass. So that's a good thing. Um, Godwin, a bit of a disappointment this past week. And uh, you know, but again, in the dome, good matchup, all good. Zay Flowers, a nice pairing with Lamar Jackson there. And then I want to get to these wide receivers from the Packers. Romeo Dubs got it done last week, right? And everybody's going to chase that. People are going to chase it like, oh, it's Romeo Dubs. He's the guy now. But I just think that was a little bit of natural variance. One week, it's Dontavian Wicks. Another week, it's Jalen Reed. Another week, it's Romeo Dubs. So uh, before last week, I mean, he had just, you know, he actually really got about the same five to six targets he gets most games, but generally he hadn't done that much with those targets. So he really popped off there. Um, Jaden Reed is the opposite. Jaden Reed burnt everybody last week. And I love to stick it in the face of people who are afraid to chase who burned them the week before. Now, all that being said, San Francisco is a really good defense. So I don't need to load up or really get too crazy with any of these San Francisco wide receivers, but you'll see the way that the salaries have worked out. You're basically forced to play one of them. Like there's just no other way. Look, look at what happens here with the salary. It's unclear if Gabriel Davis will even play. So you've got one, two, three Packers wide receivers, 5,600 all the way down to 4,900. So they're effectively eating this whole zone up in order to get away from them. You either have to go all the way up to Zay flowers, and then from there, of course, it's it's another big jump to sort of the better group. Then you have just Packers guys all the way down to 4,900. Then uh, really all the way down to 4,200. And Odell Beckham, who seems overpriced for what, who he is and what he normally does, although, you know, could be fine here. I, I don't hate Odell, but, you know, he could get hurt in a second. It's just not he's not a standout play. I think he's acceptable, but nothing special. Right. So it's basically a dead zone all the way down from, I'm going to say, really 6K, but you might almost go all the way up to 6,800, all the way down to the cheap zone where it's just Packers guys or bad Baltimore wide receivers like Bateman and Odell. And then, of course, we get to the punt zone. And actually, I do think this is a better place to operate at wide receiver this week. 
Um, guys who we liked last week, a bunch of them came through. We love Josh Reynolds, came through very nicely. Seven targets, five receptions. Oh, well, Kevin, he only got 13 points. That was more than enough. You know, when you're under when you're 3,500, you get me get me 13. I'm fine with it. Seven targets, fine by me. I'm plugging Josh Reynolds into my lineup. He's a comfortable play. Kalish Shakir, um, not not a whole lot of production, but did enough, got the touchdown for us. I was like, you know, because K Shack was somebody I was really high on last week. He finally gets the touchdown. Didn't do a whole lot for us, but it was it was enough to get it done. And we go right back to K Shack here if um if Davis is out again. Couple other names. One that I really like here is Trey Palmer. Also, man, we got a little bit lucky with Trey Palmer this past week. That one play for the touchdown got it done. David Moore out of nowhere in the nuts, like WR4. But Trey Palmer has been averaging, you know, five or six targets most weeks. And that that level of productivity is all we need. So he's fine. Um, he's a fine play here. One of the punts. And uh, two other punts that I want to mention. One is Justin Watson continues to sort of get a lot of work. Now, I don't this Buffalo game. We got to pay attention to the weather and there's some other issues there where I might shift off of that and really kind of the more I think about it, the more I think this Tampa Denver Detroit team uh, Detroit game is probably superior because of the dome. Um, I just love Josh Allen, but beyond that, this Tampa Detroit game indoors, I think some of the offensive pieces from that game um, stand out a little bit more to me. So we'll, we'll get into that. But the last spot of interest, I would say, is um, Sherfield, who didn't do anything this past week, but you never know. You never know when he pops it off. So we got Josh Reynolds in this uh, initial lineup. Oh, also worth mentioning Houston's uh, cheapies. Not so, Woods, Mechie, and Xavier Hutchinson. And we'll probably get some action from one of them at the very least here. Jameson Williams, also playable. But uh, I'm going to throw Trey Palmer in here as well. So we'll get two cheapies that I kind of like from this game. Hopefully that'll open up some salary for us for these last few spots. Um, let's just plug in a defense here. And here's my overview on defense, especially on a playoff slate, is number one, it's not a lock button that any of these defenses are going to put up a monster number. Um, I certainly don't want to pay all the way up for a defense in a situation like this. Although, you know, Ravens, sure, why not? It's 49ers at home, always good. Uh, even lines at home, fine, right? These are all acceptable spots. So whichever way we go, I think it's fine. Um, I also don't mind the idea of just punting away. So I'm going to throw in Bill's defense here just for now. Could easily switch that, move it up. I think the 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 best defenses, of, of course, the the ones that stand out the most, probably the 49ers at home, maybe the Ravens at home. Those two teams um, stand out. Even the Lions are, are just fine uh, as well. So any one of those, if we're willing to pay up a little bit. So we'll see if we have any salary left over at the end. But for now, I'll just go with the home team bills, maybe in a maybe in some tough weather conditions. Tight end. Let's run through the tight end spot here. I think double tight end will be potentially in play. I have two kind of favorites that I like, but there's some cheapies. There's a lot of there's a lot of spots here where we can maybe do a little bit of salary savings at the tight end position. We could also pay up. So Travis Kelsey coming off of um, I would say yeah, one of his better. I mean, I don't know what to how to put it. He had a good game, didn't get a touchdown, but had he gotten the touchdown, we would have been 
really excited about it. But the most important thing is at 6K, Kelsey, who's likely to get 7 to 10 targets in this game, is, is looking at as much volume as anybody, any wide receiver, for a similar price. So I think I think double tight end, you put Kelsey in there, in your flex, fine by me, right? Um, he's just so much cheaper than he's been that what, what was looked at as like these horrible score, oh, he's only getting me 18 and, and I needed 28. Well, now at 6K, he really only needs to get a low 20s number and you're very, very satisfied with it. So I'm back on board the K-Swiss bandwagon. K-Swift. Mr. Pfizer, back in the game. Let's go. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on board with him. Uh, Sam Laporta, pretty much the same thing as Kelsey, can get it done. Um, didn't get a whole lot of work last week, was coming off the injury. Should be healthier this week, so fine by me, right? George Kittle, um, if we're playing party, Kittle's also very much in play. Just know that, you know, Kittle's games, they're very volatile because they have so many options on this team. It could go to George, no problem, but he is far from sort of a volume lock. And as you can see, most of the time it's four, five, six targets, which at 5,200 is, is a little bit slim. We need it. We need a touchdown. We need a big play from him. He could get him going. That's what, how the San Francisco offense works, but it's just something to note. I definitely like Kincaid quite a bit. Um, almost, almost absolutely broke the slate open this past weekend. I think he dropped what could have been a second touchdown in that game, but um, Kincaid tends to get, I, I I feel like the current iteration of the Bills, their best games are when Kincaid is heavily involved. So he's somebody I'd be interested in. Isaiah Likely, also somebody I'm, I'm uh, very interested in. Hasn't really seen enough volume to get me excited at 4,700. But the scores have been great. Like, he's just getting touchdowns. And it, it's it's a reminder that the Ravens don't really have a touchdown catcher. Like, if they're not running it in, you know, there, Zay Flowers is just small. He's not a touchdown kind of guy. And Bateman just drops everything that you throw his way. So he's not that good. Odell Beckham could be that guy when they when they use him heavily. But they don't always do it. Tough matchup for Schultz here. Um, moving down, though. One guy I like a lot, um, Kate Otten. You know, 11 targets last week. A monster target spike for Kate Otten. I think the Bucs are going to have to throw a ton to sort of just hang around in a game like this. I do like building around this game, so I don't mind plugging in Kate Otten over there. I think um, that's probably our one of our better paydown options. Yeah, that's about it. So we'll think about maybe dropping like a Kelsey or some somebody like that in the flex, but let's see what we can get to here. So with all of these punts, Reynolds, Palmer, and Kate Otten, a triple punt. Now we basically can do whatever we want with the final two spots. So this is a party lineup. So I might go something like Ayuk and I, I don't, I don't want to double down Ayuk and Samuel. I would have liked to get up to Amon Ra here or go down to let's say Mike Evans. And then from here, it gives me 700 to upgrade the defense. Ooh, I kind of like that. So you know what? I'm going to roll with this, but I just want to also point out so many different ways to build a lineup just like this. And of course that, it's obvious, but nonetheless, so many different ways to do this one, right? We got Purdy with Ayuk and McCaffrey here. I don't really have a bring back on the Packers. I don't, I don't feel it's necessary, but we've got Pacheco here at, at running back. So let, let's just look at some quick, and, and we paid up for an expensive defense, 
right? So let's look at a different way. Let's say I wanted to go with a different running back. We can easily switch in Jameer Gibbs. If I'm playing Gibbs, um, I only have to kind of punt the defense a little bit down. And from here, I can maybe swap up to Debo Samuel. And maybe I can get Rasheed Rice in there. So check out this, like just a little switch. And now we've got a Purdy, Debo, McCaffrey stack. Gibbs and Reynolds from the same team. Palmer bringing it back. Otten bringing it back. So lots of lots of correlation going on here. Lots of positivity. Uh, again, there's a lot of different ways to do it. We can go with James Cook here at the running back position. Bills. So we are, we're correlating defense and running back there. Um, I'm adding a little bit of salary left over. So here we can. Oh, I was hoping to get the Amon Ra. I want to get Amon Ra in there. How do I get Amon Ra in there? So if I got Amon Ra in there, I'd probably take out. You probably take out Reynolds, go with Jameson Williams. I, I like Reynolds a lot more than Jameson Williams, but I guess it could work like that as well. So a lot of different ways to build these lineups this week. Um, this is just a Purdy version. But keeping in mind, we I, I really I love Josh Allen here. I like Lamar. Purdy's fine. Even Baker Mayfield at his price is interesting. So should be a really fun four-game slate to attack this NFL divisional round weekend um best of luck to you guys as you attack it remember that here on the dfs army youtube channel we'll be back with a big tournament tactics show this thursday burns bobby wow myself really diving deep into the strategy in addition if you're a dfs army subscriber um make sure to tune in or look for our back testing video where we kind of look at what happened wildcard weekend rerun some of these slates see what options or, or what approach some of our winners used on the domination station optimizer to take down some of these tournaments. We had a lot of handcrafted winners as well. Um, so we're just going to take a look at kind of what happened this past week, how we could have attacked it, what we could have done different, what we did right, what we did wrong, all that great stuff. It's all about learning here at DFS army. If you're not signed up at DFS army, go check it out. Now we've got the free month offer in effect right there. You, oh, you can't see it. Wait, wait, let me pull that out of there. I'll pull that out of there. Where is Motherfuckers. it? Let's do this. I like that what, what we just did there though, but now let me pull this this thing down so you could see the free month offer. It's right up here. You click there. You can do any one of our offers here. Um, sign up at Prize Picks or Sleep, or you get a free month of DFS Army VIP. It covers our um, Proptimizer as well. And take a look at the Proptimizer. I just want to show you guys what the the props team is doing here. We track every single ticket that we give out on the Proptimizer. We're up. They're up huge. They're up for, since September. They're up this week. They're up last week. If you're a DFS Army VIP subscriber, you have full access to Willin and Sniper and the Proptimizer tool where they're just dropping tickets in the Discord, in the Props channel, all throughout the day. Look at this. Everything's tracked. In the last week, if you were just signed up and just following along with their tickets, which they channel tag in the DFS Army Discord, Props channel every single day, all throughout the day. Just this past seven days, they're up $2,700 on uh, 30. It's almost on 90% margin, man. They've crushed it this week. Look at the last 30 days, up 3,500, uh, 18,000 entries, 21.8 in payout. If you go year to date, we're up 3,400. And back to September, when they started tracking September 15th, um, 
50,000 at risk, 62,000 payout. That's a 13,000. I'm going to check that math. But anyway, it's up. I'm tripping, but nonetheless, I'm up almost 13 grand since September 15th. So check that out as well. If you are a DMF Army subscriber, you have access to the props tracker. You have access to the Proptimizer tool, and you have access to Will Lynn and Sniper dropping tickets for Sleeper and Prize Picks all day. If you don't have either of those, um, if you don't have either of those uh, sites, Sleeper or Prize Picks, you can do the free month offer and get a free month of DFS Army VIP when you sign up for any one of those sites and make an initial deposit. Even if you have a Sleeper account where you play fantasy football, which is where I play, if you have not made an uh, uh, an account there yet. With a uh, cash a deposit yet, you can make a deposit. You use promo code DFS Army. They will match your deposit 100% up to $100. Sometimes they spike that to $500. Don't know what's going on right now with that, but at the bare minimum, $100 deposit, you get $200 to play with, and then you could just follow along with Sniper and with Lynn and print cash like an ATM machine. Make sure to get signed up for that. I will see you guys later in the week for Tournament Tactics. Good luck.